Welcome to Legal Management Talk, the official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Kate Raftery. As you can hear, we're doing things a little different this time. That melody is the sound of a DC-appropriate drum and fife band playing the national anthem at the opening of ALA's 2018 Annual Conference and Expo in National Harbor, Maryland. In this episode, I'll walk you through the conference's highlights. First up is the keynote speaker, John Quinones, who's an ABC News journalist and host of the TV show, What Would You Do? If his TV show wasn't relevant enough to this year's theme, John talked about how he grew up speaking Spanish as his first language and working as a migrant farm laborer. Yes, I am the host of What Would You Do? That heavy camera show, which is kind of a a laboratory for human behavior. Uh, What do you do? What should you do when you witness an injustice or something disturbing? And that little voice in the back of your head says, do something. Do you step in or do you step away? So you've been warned, we can put those hidden cameras anywhere, like at the bar last night. <laughs> I saw some of you there. Uh, if you're sitting there, the person next to you passes out, and you step over them to go get another drink, you're going to have me to talk to. I know that the ALA's mission is to advance the concept of inclusiveness and acceptance so we can all help one another succeed. What a great expo. So much of it is designed to deepen relationships and learn from each other. So I don't, I'm going to ask you guys now, what would you do? You're already doing the right thing. And that is bringing together legal professionals and business partners with diverse backgrounds, experiences, and job responsibilities so that you might be able to better appreciate and understand one another. What a concept. Because you know, no matter how advanced might become in this ultra-modern society, true happiness, true happiness and success still comes down, it all comes down to the respect that we have for one another, and of course, in doing the right thing. Later, during Friday's association lunch, Gary Swisher passed the gavel to ALA's new president, April Campbell. In her speech, she discussed collaboration, design thinking, and innovation. April started with an example of when she failed at collaborating, when she lost on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? How can I be in New Mexico? Final answer? Sure. Yes. Oh, April, I'm sorry. Since then, there are very few times I don't reach out to my network for suggestions, ideas, or the right answer. I learned my lesson. Always phone a friend and be very aware of your facial expression. (laughs) Merriam-Webster defines collaboration as working jointly together with others, especially in an intellectual endeavor. Back in March, At the Association Leadership Institute, 50, over 50, of our association leaders met in Chicago to plan for the year ahead. The focus of the weekend was connecting and creating. In other words, collaborating. We spent some time talking about design thinking and how we could use that concept to move our association forward and the firms that we work with and for. So, talk a little bit about design thinking. 
So the idea behind design thinking is that it's a hands-on, hands-on, user-centric approach to problem solving, which can lead to innovation, which then leads to differentiation and a competitive advantage. Who couldn't use a little bit of that? Has six components to it. The first is empathizing. That's when you learn about your users or your audience. Then you define what their problem is and see things from the user's point of view. Then my favorite part, step number three, it's called idea eight. It's basically crazy brainstorming, and not by yourself. We did an exercise at ALI where everyone did a little brainstorming by themselves, and the average person came up with three to five ideas, and then we did it in a group. Exact same amount of time, everybody came up with 15 to 20 ideas. The power of a group is amazing. Once you're done with your crazy brainstorming, and it should be crazy, then you take a few of those ideas that you think are your best, and you come up with some prototypes. You test them out, get feedback from your users, re-prototype, and when you are ready, you finally implement. The whole purpose of this is to encourage innovation by exploring multiple avenues for the same problem. One true thing that I have learned throughout my career in this profession and working in law firms of all sizes is that we all have the same problems. We should be collaborating more to fix them in real time rather than recycling the old and drawing from the past. This is the true path to pushing our legal organizations into the future. I encourage you to try some design thinking with each other here this week. In between the speeches, attendees met with business partners in the exhibit hall, discussed solutions with peers at idea exchanges, and earned continuing education credits at our sessions. As a staff member, of course, I couldn't go to every education session, but I did go to two that I considered very topical. In the first, HR 14, the future of healthcare in today's and tomorrow's political climate, insurance expert Mark Shore examined the growing cost of coverage and the legislative quagmire we've experienced over the last few years. So as a firm, we've got to make some decisions. Are you going to continue to offer benefits? Now in the future, I think you know, usually the answer is yes, because we're all using it as part of the three R's, recruit, retain, reward, right? Um, so the answer is usually yes, although I've seen small firms say, you know what, I'm done. Uh, I'm going to let everyone go to the individual market, I'll just increase their salary. There is a thing out there, by the way, called Sarah, like Qualified Small Employer Health Reimbursement Arrangement. Um, very difficult to implement and usually not cost effective uh, for those of you that are looking. I'll be happy to talk to someone on the side if they want to, if they want to know more about it, uh, but they're not necessarily um, the best route to go, in my opinion. Uh, do you partner with a professional employer organization, PEOs? Anyone, anyone in here in a PEO? Really, nobody? Nobody. Wow. These things are the greatest things in sliced bread. In, 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 uh, as far as, and, and for anyone that's sitting at the table saying, I'm not going there because it makes my job obsolete, I will tell you that I've got about 15 clients in PEOs, and not one of my administrators has lost their job. Okay? They've actually become uh, happier at their place of employment and able to do more. Um, because a lot of the administrative burden that you're doing uh, will, will, will be pushed off to the PEO. Um, and if you are going to choose a PEO, you definitely have to choose the right one. You have to choose a PEO that has similar demographics. Now, when I say demographics, I'm not talking a bunch of 34-year-olds. Uh, White-collar law firm industry, uh, not spread out around the country if at all possible. Okay? Um, there are payroll companies that will offer PEO. I think those typically work out uh, less beneficial than PEOs that will do your, that do your payroll. 
my my experience in, in seeing that. Um, in terms of goals, am I going to use the uh, the benefits as a recruiting reward package, or am I just going to offer the bare minimum because I got to offer something and I'll just pay them more salary? I always tell my clients that you should be looking at the entire benefits package along with compensation when you make these decisions. I, I, probably the biggest question I get that I can't answer is how much should we contribute towards the cost of health insurance? My answer is always, almost always the same. I can't tell you that unless you tell me how much everyone's being paid. Okay? If you're paying your people really, really ridiculously well, you can likely get away contributing less towards the cost of coverage. Unless, of course, you're competing with other firms that are setting the standard of doing it. So it's really a difficult answer. I can tell you the national average is about 24%, but it doesn't mean that's going to be right or wrong for you. Okay? Um, and again, how do you consider your employees? Are they just employees, or are they the most valuable asset in your firm? In the other, OM20, Preventing Workplace Violence, Managing the Troubled Employee, employment attorney Glenn Kramer discussed concerning employee behavior as a management issue. But once you start this dialogue and you have partners in firm administrators and HR professionals and staff supervisors engaging in this consistent theme of, I'm going to hold you accountable, but I want to see you succeed. Most of the time, I know you've succeeded in the past. Let me know if there's any impediment, anything getting in the way beforehand. And once in a while, usually they'll say no initially, because they don't trust you, even if there is something. That's okay. You let them know your door is always open. You let them know if there's an EAP. Hopefully, you all have EAP access. You let them know about EAP. You let them know that if it's not, they're not comfortable going to you, especially if this is a managing partner or a partner or a senior associate doing the talking here, then they can go to the you, the firm administrator, and you check in with them as well. And you let them know your door is always open. Now, once in a while, where you're really successful is when somebody kicks at the ground and says, well, geez, I. I don't want you to do anything about this. Whatever you do, don't use my name. But I'm kind of tired of the sexual banter and jokes in our group. I think it's gotten a little loose. It's just I'm uncomfortable, but I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be involved. I don't want you to do anything. Or, well, and this does occur, and it's powerful. It means you've been a successful administrator and you have that compassionate response. Well, I have to tell you, I I do I, I suffer from bipolar disorder. And the reality is that. Uh, the fact is my medication has been changed and I'm struggling with it. Okay. By the way, none of this is hypothetical. Every one of you has called me <laughs> representationally and asked these questions. And the answer is great. Then what do we do? Remember I said the ADA is your fantastic resource? I'm going to have an interactive dialogue. I'm going to engage in a reasonable accommodation dialogue. And I'm going to set this up so I can return that individual to employment, but always requiring that they Next up, we'll hear from General Sessions Speaker Vernice Armour. She really motivated the crowd with her experience as the Marine Corps' first black female combat pilot and her later role as a military diversity officer. Why did I change the clothes? Because the life is about transition. Going from where we are to really where we want to be. And sometimes we find ourselves in a frame, but that's okay because everything that was in that flight suit is now in this flight suit. You know, it doesn't look a whole lot more like you right now. We are all in our flight suit, sitting in the cockpit of that sexy uptack helicopter. And when you run into a challenge, you not to fly left, right, you know, hover, think about it for a moment. You can even back up. 
go around. I like to say, who needs a runway? Take off from where you are, right? And why do we do it all? It's for this right here. It's for the crew. It's for the crew. Our friends, our family, the people back on the home front. Don't we have to make gutsy moves, folks? Right? Get gutsy, live gutsy. Lead gutsy. How do we take it to the next level? On Saturday, we expected to learn from Elizabeth Birch at the Brazina Memorial Session. Unfortunately, a family emergency sidelined her, and ALA turned to one of its own, Judy Hassong. So if we really want to get clear, if we want to do something different, how are we career mapping in our firms? Do we even know? Do we even know how long it takes for this person to get that skill to advance? Sure, you know partner track. I'm not talking about that. Because, well, let me say it this way. Every partner in your firm is equally amazing. I rest my case. <laughs> I'm talking about advancement. How are we following the advancement path? Because if we really follow it, are we giving good work to everybody or a select few? Are we really making sure that even the people who work remotely, whoever they are, people on site are so much better, aren't they? Because I'm on site. I like people like me. Are people working remotely get the same challenge, the same stimulation as the people who don't? It's really thinking about, in this way, how can we be more creative? Like Abel said yesterday, innovation is not a lone action. So if we really want to get clear about inclusion, it's time to get creative. What are we looking at? How are we measuring things? If you're worried about AI, use it to your advantage. How can you not? How can't you? What data can we collect? What are the points? How can we create? Those finance geeks out there right now, Excel spreadsheet turned into a chart. Right? What information can we put together that would be informative, that would be helpful, that allows us in our firm to see the progression? Because from that space, we just up the ante of inclusion. It's more than just measuring, though. We have to be really clear. How many of you have mentoring programs? And how many of you would say they're a huge success? And mentoring programs are more than saying, Kate, meet Amy. You're both women. Go do it. Because women, I got to tell you, we're not always good to each other. Just something we got to do better. It's not about saying, hey, we're different. I've already got here now. You got to pay the same price I did to get here. You know, backwards, uphill, and snow, both ways, all that stuff. Even though you live in the plains and there's no snow. Finally, the conference closed with the Association Awards Gala and the grand finale. That gave me a chance to interview attendees about their conference experience. Here's David Oxley. I've really enjoyed it. I've been really impressed with the education. It's probably the, from the education perspective been the best conference I've been to. Oh, so um, yeah, it's been a really good, good experience and it's always nice to have it in a self-contained area where you can actually network a little better than when it's spread out. So all in all, it's a really good experience. And now Lucy Hamilton. It's been fabulous. It was an amazing weekend. Uh, I love the way it was done this time. You know, I know it's a bit of adjustment, but I like the fact that we changed the dates and the days. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to be here, and I have gotten so much out of this weekend. Great. Did you have a favorite session or favorite speaker? Oh, yeah. Bernice Armour, Fly Girl. Yeah, that was what really took us to the next level. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I want to have her back in our chapter for our Managing Partners Lunch, uh, and we are going to make it happen. 
basically that's what we're going to do. ASAP. ASAP. Let's hear from Rhonda Harris and Danita Jones. Learned so much, met so many great people. Right. Experiences to die for. It has been really, really good. I think the best part is that I'm meeting all these new people, and there seems like it's a lot of newcomers. Mm-hmm. I just, we just struck up a conversation walking oh. to the to the gala, and so we, you know, I don't even think we exchanged our names. We just started talking. Well, now you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I knew she was a newcomer, and she's a newcomer to national. Mm-hmm. Right. She's done regional, so. Yeah, this has been really great. Do you have a favorite part uh, from the weekend? Favorite session? Favorite speaker? You know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. The, the my favorite session I went to this morning was Paul Hoshlet, Hosh, mm-hmm. and he did um, humor, humor in the wellness or something mm-hmm. like that. He was hilarious. Did you go to that session? I did not. He was hilarious. Not that was good. the best. Um, session and the best speaker was the morning speaker, John. You John know, what Kino, would you yes. yeah. John I agree with that. Exactly. I just think he reached many crowds in a different yes. way than most people didn't expect to. So, I mean, obviously people see the show, but it's yeah. just different actually hearing and being able to relate it into your field. Exactly. You know, so that's nice. Yeah. Oh, do you yeah. think you'll come back next time? Oh, Absolutely. I will. I will. Absolutely. Most definitely. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. To it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So it's going to be in Texas, so we were yes. just talking about that, too. Yes. Right. I went to the one that was in San Antonio, so um, so this is in, what, Dallas? Dallas-Fort Worth area, Okay, yeah. so yeah, it's going to be great. And then everyone danced the night away. Thanks for tuning in to Legal Management Talk. If anything in this episode sparked your interest, we have our regional conferences and specialty conferences coming up this fall. Simply go to alanet.org slash events to learn more and register. As always, you can keep up with the latest in legal management by our website and our magazine. Until next time.